So I'm currently reading this book called A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. And I'm only a couple chapters in, but it has been an interesting read to say the least. Um, I don't think I'm necessarily into this kind of like genre of, of literature, but it's been amazing. Like it's been very difficult for me to actually put it down. So the summary at the back says, in her return to love, Marianne Williamson shares her insights into how practical application of love every day can provide an answer to the problems that confront us. Whether these are in our relationships, our careers, or our health, this recently updated best-selling guide reveals how we, how we each can take a spiritual, psychological, and emotional journey back to the true inner peace with which we were born and shows how, by practicing love, we can make our lives more peaceful, loving, and fulfilling. Hey man, that's a good selling point. And this was a gift. <laughs> and um, I want to start off this, this this recording. So, actually, I have to say that I'm probably not going to record these like actual episodes anymore. I'm going to record them like journal entries because that makes it much more easier for me to actually record without the expectation of like, you know, planning everything but it's just like capturing thought processes or moments in time hopefully in which i can be as descriptive as possible that you get where i'm going and not necessarily just like talking about things that make sense so providing context as well but anyway with that being said that's what i'm gonna do from now on um the there was a there was a part of a chapter that actually um caught my interest it says Love in your mind produces love in your life. This is the meaning of heaven. Fear in your mind produces fear in your life. This is the meaning of hell. A shift in how we think about life produces a shift in how we experience it. And that made me think about sort of like the the um, the release exercises that my new therapist slash performance coach has got me into um i've only had four sessions with her but like each session is like impactful to the point that we're both like seeing intentional change being made not only like my practices of how i respond to familiar situations but also how i how i see myself within those situations like they they don't hold a sense of permanence anymore or or at least I'm, I'm 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 in the process of learning how to not create permanence in uncomfortable or traumatic or negative experiences i think from another book that i've read it's called the body keeps the score uh, my mentor actually suggested that book to me and from reading that book it just made it very apparent or it was even just a reminder as to how trauma can occupy a place of permanence in your mind or in your habits or in your new experiences as well. The trauma doesn't necessarily come and go in the sense that when you when you are triggered or when you are reminded of a specific trauma, it feels like it's happening to you all over again within that 
period that you are triggered or reminded about it. It's not something that goes away or something that you forget about. I mean, we can disassociate or even like bury it like deep within our subconscious or something like that, but it never really actually goes away based on the habits that you build around that trauma. And when it comes to returning to love, I see it as like the, the fear-induced decisions that we make because of the bad experiences or negative experiences that we've had and how we we have to sort of like be given the resources or even the platform to even have those conversations where we're able to acknowledge those experiences without necessarily being made to feel like we're being judged, let alone even having the space where you can have a conversation with like your friend or somebody that you trust where they know how to hold space for you without centering themselves in the middle of your experience. I think that's one thing I've actually come to realize that people in conversations or in general conversations that we have with our friends and family, people always give you a response based off of like their own experiences. And that creates like a comparison factor, which makes it which which makes it transactional more than actually fruitful for the person that is sharing their experience. And that's very limiting if you think about it. If you know that somebody that you'll be interacting with or sharing your experience with will go from this is what I think you should do or this is how I would deal with it or what may be best for you is to... It's just like it, it limits your ability to sort of like let go of that experience because we're going to solutions and not necessarily just discussing the issue to release it it's like a release exercise and probably i don't know why it took me so long but um probably the best thing that has also happened with my most recent um therapist or coach i also see as a coach by the way um i think i'm more receptive to somebody coaching me through something and implementing those um, exercises rather than like somebody that I just go and talk to about whatever I'm experiencing and whatever may be the focal point of that specific session. So this lady also used to be like an executive team um, and executive coach. So she's coached <laughs> individuals and teams, but she has brought that in a holistic experience of her practice of therapy. So she so she provides like a framework of like, okay, this is what we're going to focus on in the next session. And this is the exercise that I want you to complete ahead of that next session. And from our first session, she was like, okay, I need you to buy a journal. It needs to be a physical journal because I made the suggestion of getting a digital journal, you know, typing this thing up. And I don't know. Her being adamant about getting a physical journal actually makes sense now that it's been a couple of weeks of me journaling consistently because me writing those words out doesn't create a sense of permanence. It may be permanent in the sense of like it's ink on paper, but it actually allows me to capture that moment and let go of that moment or capture that moment and be able to reflect on that moment so that it, it doesn't allow me to create like habits that are not conducive with the life I'm trying to live or the life I'm trying to create for myself. So being able to consistently journal and capture those thoughts and experiences 
whether it's like an emotion that I may feel on a particular day or something that reminds me of a particular experience that I may have previously had. But it's probably the best thing that has happened in like <laughs> the past month. And this is all happening at the age of 28. Like, <laughs> But actually it's getting me to be more proactive with these release exercises. It also puts me in a position where I have to confront previous frustrations that I may have not necessarily dealt with. I mean, we can we can all sort of like identify with the practice of like that no longer applies to me because of the phase that I'm in in my life, but we also don't practice releasing those experiences for us to move forward like with the with a new essence or with a, a revived approach to how we want things to unfold in our lives. And I think that's why that that little excerpt from this book I read at the beginning that says, love in your mind produces love in your life. This is the meaning of heaven. Fear in your mind produces fear in your life. This is the meaning of hell. A shift in how we think about life produces a shift in how we experience it. And I think that is like one of the best ways to capture sort of like the past six months of my life in which I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm going through a, a restorative season where I'm working my way back to myself, but I'm also working my way back into habits that are fulfilling in their practice, but are also like fulfilling in their values and principles. Something that I think I took lightly, maybe at the beginning of this year, based on the fact that you think that you've built a solid foundation and the people around you or the, or the person that you may be with or the practices that you may have in place will be a reflection of those principles and values, not knowing that should you go through a turbulent time, then those principles and values can be easily distorted and you sort of like take an alternative route where you can't even initially remember who you were before. Because that turbulent time puts you in a position where you are unable to process what is happening within the time. And in hindsight, you still are not able to see a clear picture of that experience. Because who's even like fully equipped to sort of like recognize tough moments or tough experiences as they are unfolding? We get better at vocalizing or verbalizing how we respond but within their own way they they create that sense of of permanence in your life permanence in the sense that you don't want to experience that again and so since you don't want to experience that again you create habits that sort of like safeguard you to not have those experiences again but not knowing that that aspect of fear Fear in your mind produces fear in your life. You're operating from a place of fear, not from a place of love. And at the beginning of the book, they spoke about a return to love is like a return to the fearlessness and sense of determination that, that stems from love. Like it doesn't have to be in a romantic setting or professional setting or a familial setting but th that that feeling 
and that understanding or perception that you had as a kid where you know that no matter what you do you will always like land on your feet eventually i mean we all have battle scars from like you know just tripping as a child falling off a bicycle or falling off a swing like myself like but there was never a sense of fear instilled in me up until the point of like getting older having tough experiences not being affirmed in a positive way but also through journaling i've sort of like rediscovered that avenue of like affirming my own emotions and realizing that i want to lead from a place of compassion when it comes to myself particularly and that will result in like how i interact with people outwardly compassion being not being too hard on myself but also being aware of affirming myself i don't know too many too many let's say how can i even call it because guys <laughs> too many people i'm not even going to distinguish it to just men but too many people that are not even their biggest critic i know myself as a matter of fact that to a very large extent i have like perfectionist approaches to how i want things to be compartmentalized in my life and the minute that's that's disrupted it's almost like i'm not unhinged but i'm also just like yo i don't know what to do <laughs> like i don't know what to do in the sense that it's that feeling of of being lost and just hearing like ringing in your ears and you're sort of like looking around to see if somebody can point you in the right direction but nobody can actually point you in the right direction because it feels like such a individualized experience and nobody can affirm you unless if you have practices that affirm how you feel and how you are experiencing that moment in time and that shift that release that shift can easily change your experiences i had a therapist before this lady and there was never a point in time she suggested that i should get a journal not even once and i'm not saying that she was poor in her practice at all because she helped me through some of the most turbulent times but like i said i think i'm more receptive to somebody who's coaching me through life and this and she's not a life coach <laughs> that's the crazy part she's not even a life coach but she's coaching me through restoring a sense of peace and love in my life without having to be affirmed by other people but sharing those experiences with her and her sort of like letting me know that it's okay like this they don't have a sense of permanence unless if you give them that sense of permanence it's crazy damn <laughs> i can't believe i just said that but um the most recent chapter that i'm reading it's called the divine mind and the first reference that's made in this chapter is about Carl Jung and his position or notion of collective unconscious. And they talk about it as an innate mental structure encompassing the universal thought forms of all humanity. So basically saying 
the concept of a divine or Christ mind is the idea that at our core, we are not just identical, but we're actually the same. It doesn't mean that someone else was better equipped to deal with our experiences, but it just means that we're all having like a shared experience, but even though we feel like it's an individual experience. The love in one of us is the love in all of us. There's actually no place where God stops you and you start. And there's no place where you stop and I start. Love is energy, an infinite continuum. Your mind extends into mine and into everyone else's. It doesn't stay enclosed within your body. I feel like that's such a way, that that is such an incredible way to capture like the human experience in which we think that everything is happening to us and not for us. And yet, if you lead from a place of love, you realize that everything is happening for us and not just to us. Damn. I'm going to make myself some lunch. Peace.